there were probably two or three other couples in there and, and one of them starts talking about how like this is pretty hot and heavy and all of a sudden out of the blue he's like hey do you know i played baseball in college and everybody just starts cracking up like it <laughs> Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We always strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy and positive approach to non-monogamy. However, everyone approaches this a little different, and at its core, our show is about hearing and learning from the different experiences and approaches people have. With that in mind, it's important to remember that the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect those of our own. It's also important to remember that we aren't doctors or therapists and that we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on this show. One final thing that we need to let you know about is that this podcast will hopefully include some explicit language. So, if that kind of thing offends you, we suggest you just keep listening until it no longer does. However, if you're under the age of 18, you should probably stop listening or gather up your parents and listen as a family. Enjoy! Hola! Welcome... That's that not was, how that's, we start. That's how I start. <laughs> Welcome to episode 51. We're Finn and Emma. Yeah, 58 seems like so long ago. <laughs> now we're one past that. On our way to 100. Yes. Almost there. Today we have an interview with Anne and Brian, and they're a couple that is pretty fantastic. Yeah, they're fairly new to the whole non-monogamy thing. However, they've, as you'll see, they've made it pretty far into their journey, and then they're Basically just learning about themselves, learning about their relationship, and I don't know, if you listen to it and you don't feel the compersion kind of coming through your earbuds, there's something wrong with your earbuds. Yes. (laughs) The, The other quick thing I wanted to mention about this is there are some subtle chicken noises. We were we we did record this uh, when we were living in Chile at a at, at a farm a, at a farm. So there were chickens. So it's it's soothing. Yes, sorry, but we couldn't help it. Uh, real quick before we jump into it, we wanted to throw two resources at you that we love and use. The first one, use it every day. It's free. We've told you about it, but we're going to tell you one more time. Personal capital. Personal capital. Use the links on the website. Go check it out. It's, it's, it's a it, budgeting website. Yeah, it's budgeting, money tracking, and it's free as free can be. And if you use the links and use the website, it helps the show. So thank you for that in advance. Yes. The other one is the stdcheck.com where you can win a $50 gift card. Yes, by entering the contest on our webpage. So go check that out. And even if you don't get the gift card, you can still save $10 every time you use the links, every time. Yes. Uh, Nothing else to say. I would say our website is normalizingnonmonogamy.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Casty under the screen name NNM Podcast. Also, please reach out to us. We love hearing from listeners. So you can reach out to us on our website using the email function, or you can leave us a voicemail. So... Yeah, and also, if you reach out to us, you will get an email back, and it will not be a, uh, like, auto-reply. It's actually me or Emma, like, sending you an email. Yes. Other thing, we're going to be at Atlanta Poly Weekend, June 7th and 9th, so come find us, meet us in person, shake our hands, and uh, we'll see you then. Yes. Until Until then, let's go enjoy this interview. Well, then... Without further ado, Ann and Brian, do you mind, well, first of all, welcome to the show. Yay! We finally made it happen. We've been kicking for a little while, kicking it. Kicking it. Kick chatting. And uh, (laughs) finally got a time that works for everybody, so thank you for taking some time out of your afternoon on a Tuesday. For having us. Yeah, it's an honor to be here. Well, it's an honor to have you both. So... For anyone who doesn't know you as well as we do, which is not very well, do you mind sharing a little bit about who each of you are? Do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I am in my mid-40s. I followed all of the rules throughout my entire life. I went to way too much school. (laughs) I was in a really long and very safe boring marriage and 
um, had a couple kids, got divorced, and then met Brian here. Mm-hmm. And we've been together for four years, and we're a Brady Bunch family. And I think our new strategy on life is that me, for myself anyways, I want to do all the things. I want to try everything. I feel like I'm on the downhill slide in my mid forties and I'm just excited to explore all the things I think I've sort of missed out on. So try, trying to make this marriage slightly less boring than the last one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't think mid forties are downward slide. That's, I mean, you're no, I think that's, not. Hitting your that prime. But I think we both sort of have a healthy, um, mindset of gosh you know what we are not in our early 30s anymore and it's time to it's time to do some fun stuff yeah so cool and brian how about you are you yeah i was was a little less of a rule follower but pretty but pretty um straight and narrow uh grew up you know with a bit of a religious background, um, infusion. So, you know, there was a lot of shame around anything regarding sexuality. It was just never discussed in our household growing up. And, um, and then I, uh, was married at 19 and kind of continued that tradition of just not discussing sexuality, not exploring that everything, um, outside of missionary position was taboo and mm-hmm. it's not really who I am. And I kind Turns of an out. exploratory <laughs> spirit of, you know, um, challenging the social norms after, um, getting a divorce and seeing that everything, you know, there really isn't anything taboo unless it's taboo for you, which is kind of what I've discovered. We've discovered through our relationship. And, and I think being in a relationship that, um, and she doesn't even, she doesn't look like she's in her mid forties. That's the beauty of it all. She looks like she's in her mid twenties just for the record. (laughs) And, uh, so the beauty of just having a relationship that is, you know, open to ideas and exploration and supporting each other's wants and needs and, and questions is really the most dynamic, um, piece of this whole non-monogamy, um, exploration is the conversations, the, the understanding of one another. And it's allowed us to really dig deep and, and see each other in a kind of a really cool new way. And, and honesty and transparency is paramount. So it's really, it's really been a fun journey with this one. Yeah. And Are you in your mid forties as well? I'm mentally in my, you know, mid 12, 13 year old, but you know, <laughs> physically I am uh, in my mid forties. Yes. <laughs> and, and so was there a point, was it before you met each other that you both kind of realized like, it's time to see all the stuff we haven't seen, or was that a realization you came to as a, as a unit? For me, it was definitely after having met Brian and I, um, there was something about him kind of socially in our town, which is very small. There was a lot of sort of bad energy around kind of who he was and him sort of publicly in a public eye ending his marriage. And so there was a lot of bad energy around that. And we started dating and I just, there was something about him that I, I couldn't, like, I just couldn't not be with him despite, you know, the rumor mill and all the things of none of which was true. And, and so I think the first thing that we did, well, the first thing we did that was really, shall we say, eye-opening was going to Burning Man together. Wow. That's a fun and, adventure, I bet. Sea Mountain in Palm Springs? Yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah. So I think it all started at Burning Man. Yeah, and for me, it was the Burning it's gonna Man. It's going to be the title but... of my book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Life through Burning Man. Yeah. <laughs> Burning Man was my, a couple of years before that, you know, after my marriage ended, I went to Burning Man with a 
group of friends. And that was really cathartic for me. It was a really a, a great, um, you know, a great experience to just be loved on and free. And, um, you know, it was really more about, uh, kind of processing, uh, a long relationship that was very dysfunctional and how I felt about all that. And in being at Burning Man, it's a, it's a really open minded society. And that was my first experience of being amidst a whole city of people that were open to really talk and think and about anything. Um, Mm -hmm. and that is where I first tasted that like you don't, there is no shame about what your questions are, what you're thinking or what your desires are. It's, it's an open conversation and I, and no judgment, yeah. no body shaming. Everybody's welcome. Be yourself. It's just the most, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. So that, that really, you know, to take a drink of that right after such a catastrophic situation was really what gave me a lot of hope that, um, and the, and the kind of marching orders to, to do it differently. Cause I could, I could rewrite the script at that point. And what did that look like in the initial stages for you? For me, it was, it was, you know, nothing crazy. I mean, other than just running around half naked on the playa and not, not really even turning an eye. Cause that's what everybody was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was about exploring, going to different places that were clothing optional and not caring and really finding freedom in being naked in front of other people. That was like the first step out into the light of, you know, the sexual shame tied in with body image shame. And then just, you know, kind of exploring and exploring, you know, having friends from Burning Man who had open relationships and experience in that and kind of the conversations around the social construct of is the, you know, one man, one woman for life really the end all be all? Is that what we should strive for? Or is it a social construct that maybe doesn't work for everybody? And so it was just kind of that began the the thoughts, there wasn't any big action items that came from that mm-hmm. other than being open to kind of explore. So and then you, the two of us went to Burning Man a couple of years. Yeah. So you had gone by yourself without Ian first and kind of came back. It sounds like a little bit rejuvenated and a new outlook on life. It sounds like, and then the, two, did you have to convince Ian to go the first or with her together? No, there really was no convincing. We met after that um, and, you know, kind of fell in love and walked through a whole, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I was, for the first time in my life, kind of a bad boy um, reputation in town, which was kind of fun. Um, <laughs> never had that moniker. Uh, I was always the Bowie Boy Scout before that. So, no, we... The, she really wanted to go, um, probably more than I did. She likes Burning Man actually more than I do, um, <laughs> which is awesome. But yeah, no, we went. And then our first time there, we went to the Orgy Dome at Burning Man, which is a pretty famous place and had no idea what to expect when we went. And I just, you know, we I, I expected to walk in and just like, be accosted by all these you know naked dusty dirty humans and and was a bit terrified of it and um, yeah it ended up being one of the most lovely experiences uh yeah that i can remember we we walked in there's a little separate spot so there's a place you can go that's kind of open everybody is potentially open to strangers touching them with consent, obviously. Then there's a just us section, which means you go in with a partner or a number of partners. And it's just that group Uh that is wanting to be together, but there's other couples or other groups around. And so this is like really our first experience doing anything like this. And it was fun because I could tell right away, like, cause I know him so well and who I am. So I, I put him, seated with his back to the wall because I knew he would want to watch and I was so freaked out to watch. <laughs> I put him that way so I could face him so I could just kind of look at him and not be such a voyeur. And then it just started getting hysterical because there were probably two or three other couples in there and, 
and one of them starts talking about how like this is pretty hot and heavy and all of a sudden out of the blue he's like hey do you know i played baseball in college and everybody <laughs> just starts cracking up like <laughs> the best part was he was sitting there he makes this comment we look over she's giving him a blowjob <laughs> while he's talking about his college baseball career and like, i look over i'm like that has got to be one of the funniest things that's ever happened that's ever happened <laughs> It was really brilliant. And then, and then conversation ensued and we kind of all laughed and it was, it was just wonderful to sit around and in a sexually charged, you know, in this kind of sacred intimate space that you share with your spouse and how we've all built that to we're sitting around, we're having sex with each other and having conversations with these people and it's all okay and really healing in a way. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, we that have, sounds amazing. We so, have not been to the orgy dome, yeah. but I, I feel like you got to really be hung up in the glory days to be talking about it during your blowjob. But <laughs> it sounds like it worked for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that was his pinnacle, man. <laughs> this is all right. However, when I was in college, let me tell you about, let me tell you about my seventy-five mile an hour fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that. Yeah, that that was on his mind at all is pre- is pretty hilarious. So, you you go to Burning Man and you wind up in the orgy dome. Had had you had any conversations about anything like that leading up to it, or was it sort of a spur of the moment thing? I think it was a, something at Burning Man that you, I mean, that it's almost kind of uh, not a running joke, but it's. I think there was probably some half-hearted kidding about going mm-hmm. to the orgy dome. And then we were kind of like, Hey, why, why not? It's, it's one of the few air conditioned places we've heard. It's, <laughs> it's, it's clean. clean and <laughs> ah, let's just, why not? We're at burning man. But we did so why not? talk about it ahead of time that we, we decided that it was just going to be the two of us. We weren't open oh, yeah. to um, playing with other people at that point. Yeah. Um, so that felt safe. Like we were both on the same page and we're just going to go in there and figure what this, figure out what this is together and experience it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and since then, how have, have things evolved? Yeah. So you came back from Burning Man together and it sounds like you started having those conversations over the last few years. How did that go? Yeah, it was good. And that, you know, one of the stories that happened in that Burning Man was, an amazing thing that kind of blew my mind into the possibilities that are out there for people. But, uh, a a group of six came in, in the middle of the just us. And it was, uh, five women, five women and one guy, (laughs) cute, young, 21 year old guy with these, you know, five beautiful women. And, you know, they asked us if they could watch us. It was that that's how they started. If like, if to get the consent to even like cast eyes upon the other people, which I was like, wow, that is amazing. Like this, this is so honoring. And then, you know, to watch them to reverse that and say, Hey, you know, I quickly said, hey, can we watch you? Um, <laughs> this is all kind of fascinating. And they said, sure. And they checked in with each other and everybody asked and this great consent. And to just to kind of watch this group of six interact and interchange and the amount of love that they shared. And it was steamy, but it was also super beautiful and and lots of love. And it 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 was the, those kind of experiences that happened in there that I think kind of just created a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next stop, we kind of, you know, got back into life and kids and, you know, the conversation just kind of petered out, but, um, the door was definitely cracked open. And then we went to Palm Springs mm-hmm. sea mountain. about a year later. Mm-hmm. And then we, we love to be naked together in the sunshine is one of our things that we love. So we looked around and we found sea mountain in Palm Springs and we could, go be naked there and swim around with other people. And that sounded great, but we hadn't heard the, really the term I'd heard it, but I didn't know what it meant. The term no, lifestyle. And I hadn't even heard it. We walk in and the cute yeah. little girl at the desk is like, Oh, this is a lifestyle 
establishment, you're aware of that. And we're like, oh, yeah, oh, we sure. totally know. We're, we're oh, yeah. <laughs> we had no idea what she was talking no, about. No clue, but we just played it <laughs> off like we were cool kids. <laughs> and and then just so we go out and we're, you know, we get naked and we're swimming around and there's other couples swimming around. And then I go to the bathroom and this uh, older gentleman, you know, was there with his partner. Um, and he pulled me aside and said, hey, um, my partner would really like to play with you guys. And, and I felt like someone was talking to me in Swahili because I just did not understand <laughs> what that could possibly mean. And I didn't even really know how my all the only words that came to mind were, oh, thank you. That's really sweet. And I had nothing else to say because I didn't really know what it meant. Um, <laughs> and I didn't have the capacity to be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, um, I came back to Anne and I said, um, so uh, see that gentleman over there. So he has asked for his partner to play with us. And do you know what that means? And what do we do? <laughs> And neither one of us were like, yeah, we're not even, we, we're not even going over to have the conversation. Like we were terrified of even what that could possibly mean. <laughs> so that was kind of like, we we're like, yeah. oh, this is what life, like I were starting to pick that up and. Figure and out then, what life, uh, what lifestyle they were talking about. Yeah. Oh, we found that it wasn't, the, it wasn't the rich and famous. It was <laughs> more the open sexual kind. Uh, and then I think last year leading up to the summer, um, we got more and more into like, okay, some like personal stuff going on with me and my, my dad and like all my dad was married seven times and he was very objectified women quite a bit. And I was an only child. And so I've always had a lot of weird stuff around attention from men. Mm -hmm. Like it freaks me out. Like I don't like it. I don't. So I've always put this air off that I'm just totally uninterested in men, which is apparently why I never got asked out on dates. Um, <laughs> me, it was so, just a challenge. <laughs> so Brian encouraged me to kind of dig into this a little bit. And so I got online and I started looking for Tantra workers or people that help people like me who really want to be more free, but are having coming up against some roadblocks. And I found a guy in uh, just north of us, who's a tantric peeler, a male. And I said, Brian, we should go do this. And he um, said, you know what? I actually think you need to go do this by yourself. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> this is bananas. And he actually emailed the guy who we had never met nor gotten any references about and said, I just, I read your thing. I've listened to your podcast. I can tell you're amazing. I just want you to know I'm sending her up there just fully like gave him my blessing to help her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Essentially. That's a nicer way to say it. Um, but I had a really great experience um, with that. And I think it got us talking more about um, spirituality and sexuality. And Brian is very interested in um, what would you call it? Like sexual bodywork concepts and healing through touch and a lot of those kinds of things. And I think that's how we stumbled upon the spiritual swingers was just kind of Google searching, podcast searching, Tantra sexuality type stuff. And their podcast came up yeah. and we started listening to that. And we're like, oh my gosh, there's this whole world. <laughs> like Now it all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one. That was when I first learned about swingers, that there yes. was actually a thing today and not just something yes. back in the, the 70s. Key parties, yeah. 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 So yeah. I guess, uh, and do you mind sharing like what, what that experience was like at the healing, the Tantra healing session for anybody who's yeah. not aware? And yeah, it was us. really, it was really amazing. I had, I, he has a whole list of podcasts that he's done. And so I could tell that after listening to 10 hours of him talking that he was a safe human and I really liked him. And so I showed up and kind of told him a little bit about our story that 
I um, feel like I have some pretty major hurdles to get over when it comes to my sexuality and kind of some thoughts on where that might be coming from and how to move through it and really wanting to kind of just have more information about myself. Uh And so first probably, and so then we talked about kind of my goals of being there and, um, the first half was all, uh, kind of, we sat facing one another cross legged and it was a lot of like breath work and movement work. And we would put our palms together. And then after we got more, after I got more comfortable with them, he did kind of this, this fascinating. He's like, okay, I want you to pretend like I'm your dad and I am your dad in a restaurant and I am totally hitting on the waitress. And I want you to push back into me and like, just tell me all the things that that makes you feel. So it was really, it was really powerful, but I still was having a hard time really sort of totally giving myself into it, but it was very helpful. And then the last half was the massage and he kind of runs through the whole thing. So here's how this goes. And I knew from the beginning that, you know, the Tantra massage can lead to genital touching and penetration. And so I sort of said, you know, I'm not, I'm not at a place where I'm interested in having my genitals touched and I'm not wanting to be penetrated. And it's like totally fine. And then he asked me if I wanted him to be fully clothed or totally naked or just with his pants on. (laughs) So I said, with your pants on would be great, but everything else could come off. And it was just a really beautiful, um, it's a lot of kind of classic massage work, but then a lot of it is. And you're naked, right? Yes. So like when I was on my stomach on the massage table, he would come and lay on top of me. So his stomach's on my back and he would just grab my hands and hold them for like 30 seconds. And you're just breathing in and out together. So it's a very intimate, but. Yeah, it was a really, really powerful experience. Was it a full weekend or like a couple days? No, it was two hours. Two hours? That was it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, two hours. And I, I would I would like to go back. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Right. Yeah. And, and so coming off of that, did you feel more... I guess, open and accepting of, of the things, I I guess, where did you, where were you after that? Yeah. You know, after that, for a few weeks, I was pretty, um, what would you say? It's pretty turned inward. Introspective. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, over the course of the next few months, well, then we went back to Burning Man and I think we really, the conversations really started getting going at that point and we had signed up for Cassidy and I, I think I was just feeling more ready to explore it though. I still felt like all, there were quite a few roadblocks still, still there. What were, what were some of those roadblocks for you? Um, you know, initially I thought they were going to be around kind of the more classic jealousy type things with, you know, watching Brian with other people in a sensual way, I thought that was really going to be a trigger for me. And it turns out it is actually not. (laughs) Um, I love it. I'm heavy on the compersion side. I think he is as well. But the major roadblock still for me right now is just I, um, well, we learned the term demisexual, which actually I read the ethical slut. I found that word and my whole outlook has been 180 degree flipped now that I actually understand what's going on. (laughs) Uh And essentially what that means is that I am unable to feel sensual or sexual. Like it's hard for me or impossible for me to feel turned on or sexually interested in somebody that I don't know. So, for example, if Brian shows me a picture of some hot guy on Cassidy. Which for, I did. Which he did, like, <laughs> numerous times. He's like, I am going to find something. I'm going to figure this out. And it was so frustrating for him because I'm like, meh, whatever. And I, after figuring out the whole demisexual thing, I'm like, that's because I am looking at a freaking grapefruit. Like, yeah, I look at a grapefruit and that's how I feel. I look at a guy on Cassidy without a shirt on and I feel like I'm looking at a grapefruit. 
There's yeah, there's no context and no emotion behind it, right? Exactly. Exactly. So our swinging experiences we that we have had since Burning Man, we had a we went back to Sea Mountain in Las Vegas about a month ago, and we met a couple there that we did our first soft swap in the playroom, and they were they were great. Um, but I think you, there was a little context there because you had we were able to talk with them first a little bit, mm-hmm. and I think we were both just ready to experiment regardless. Of well, and I was just excited to kiss a girl because I never had before, and I was like, this is this is a thing that's on my bucket list, yeah. but it's not. And it was fun, but it wasn't like, yeah. Yeah. Yes, it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan loved it. Oh. <laughs> and so this was fairly recent. You said this is only a month ago about. So yeah, in September of this ago. year, a couple yeah. months ago. Yeah. 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 And then we came from that experience and then met another couple uh, for dinner and it was great. They're super sweet and nice and wonderful people. And, you know, at that point we hadn't figured out this demisexual thing. So I'm like, Oh, great. Nice, cute people. They're want to hang out, want to play. Let's experiment. Cause I'm a, like, just jump in and try it. And, um, Anne was far more like, ah, I'm just not feeling it. I just, I don't, I'm not connecting. And, you know, particularly with the, you know, with the male side. And so, you know, nothing really happened there. And then we met another couple and we did a full swap, I think maybe just to do it. And it was, um, yeah, it it was just, it was, it was like, okay, check that off the list, but it wasn't sensual. It wasn't sexual. It wasn't, it really was more of a, um, we did it, and then now we've discovered through the ethical slut this demon sexuality. So we're kind of currently recalibrating what all this means and how to move forward so that, yeah. you know, particularly Anne gets some fulfillment and, you know, some of the, you know, so that I can have compersion knowing she's right. really enjoying this and not just yeah, doing so for- it. You listeners out there, we're a work in progress. <laughs> well, yeah, so know, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was curious. So the it sounds like you you kind of went for the full swap, but it was more just systematic to to try it. And but it doesn't sound like it was a a bad experience. It just didn't really do. No, it it wasn't. The the couple was, was so they're so sweet, and it was so just normal and. And they she, sort of felt like family, even though we'd only met them twice. They were just nice, sweet people. And she kind of took over. And she, we call we call that the director's cut. She just kind of started barking orders. Okay, you here, do that. Okay, you over here. This is how this is going to work. And it was just so funny it, and it easy and safe feeling that yeah. it was like, we got nothing else to do tonight. <laughs> this is actually super entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just go for it and try it. But it didn't, it sounded like it, like it was, well, it was a fun experience. It wasn't maybe like the fireworks that you thought it might be. No. For either of us, actually, it was pretty much zero fireworks. And, um, and it was, it's fine. You know, I mean, it's, it's a funny, great story, which it's half the battle. Yeah. Um, and we really like them. It'd be fun to hang out again, kind of socially. Yeah. But no, definitely no fireworks. But I think we're both. Yeah, go ahead. No, so I'm curious, uh, and maybe you're about to say this, but it sounds, so you met this couple twice, and it it still sounds like for Anne wasn't quite enough yet to feel that attraction. Do you have a sort of an idea of what what you're looking for moving forward, and what what it is that triggers that attraction that that could lead to that for her? That's a great question. I, you know, we talked about this a little bit yesterday because we were kind of going through the list of, I, I really, I, I hate feeling like I have all these, I don't know, you wouldn't even call them hard nose because I'm pretty darn open-minded. It's just, I, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm not really sure it's worth jeopardizing kind of my time to be doing things that aren't really generating any sort of energy inside me. So we started going through the list of like what, so what are the things, what sounds actually fun to you? And I, 
the one scenario I can think of is you have like the, and it must be the mother in me, but you have like kind of the insecure guy with a super outgoing flirty girl and he's super freaked out and she's super outgoing and fun. And I come in and I'm like, okay, so you come over here with me and we're going to snuggle. I'm going to snuggle the shit out of you. And those two are going to have fun and we can watch and everybody's going to be happy. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, it's that kind of stuff where there's, there's like no pressure and there's no, I don't like attention. I just want to scoop people up that maybe aren't, I don't, I don't know. It's, and I think that's the safe, like for you, I mean, this this is me just kind of, I think giving my own closet therapist, but, um, (laughs) like that's the, that's the safe piece. But I think what I see is a confident man who is attractive and who treats you, isn't just flirty and isn't just over the top, but actually treats you really well Mm -hmm. and kind of wins you your trust over. Um, I think, I see that turning into something that is beautiful and powerful and a sexual satisfaction component. Um, but I also know that scares the stink out of you as well. Yeah, so. no, it actually doesn't really anymore. See, what do I we, know? We've talked about like maybe what we need to do is go to parties because then you are confronted with a whole bunch of different people and there's time and not necessarily any pressure to play, but, lots of opportunity to meet and chat with people so that that chemistry can kind of build over time. And so that's a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah, And and it's, it sounds like too, that on Brian's side, like your goal isn't just to get her there so you can get yours. It's more that you want her there so you can experience that compersion of seeing her experience the things that, that she wants to experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's 99.9% of it is just figuring out. I mean, that's the, the, you know, the scientist in me is want to find the right mix of things that create fireworks for her. Um, and are just mind blowing, you know, it's like trying to find the greatest gift for your partner. You hunt and you search and you, you listen and you try and, you know, you're hoping that what, she opens under the tree is going to blow her mind. And so far <laughs> she's really complicated. Yeah. But that, I love <laughs> the challenge. The challenge accepted. I love it. Yes, yeah. He's, so it is he is conversion. easy. He's easy. And that's, I mean, I think that's what's hard for me. That's one of the hard things for me about where we are at right now is because I, I do realize that a, a lot of the slow bus we're on, well, all of the slow bus we're on is because of me. But there's a part of me that's still wanting to, um, like you went, can you talk about the Vegas thing? Yeah. So he was in Las Vegas last weekend, two weekends ago, and I was out of town. And he was, I had been gone for a week and he was starved for touch because he's probably the most tactile human I've ever met. And um, so he was like, I'm going crazy. I just need a hug or something. And <laughs> And so he found a woman in Vegas who is a legit tantric massage person. A lot of them pass off as there's a lot of searching to yeah. find this one. Yeah. Yeah. But I was, so, I was really excited and I, and it would felt really, really good and empowering that I was actually like, there was not an ounce of concern or jealousy. Like I was so stoked for him to go try this and see what it was going to be like. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was amazing. I was say, how was it? She was great. She was raised in Israel and she lived in an ashram in India studying Tantra for three years. And she, I, I think, I think it was a four hour session that, um, was just mutually amazing. Cause you know, she said multiple times that she doesn't get many real seekers of knowledge that most People are coming for, you know, the quick touch, a release fix, and then on their way. And then, you know, um, so I, you know, we had communicated, you know, four or five times, pretty long, lengthy text and phone calls. And I'm like, I am not interested in any sort of end game here. I really want to learn um, the practice. And 
Um, so it was, it was great. She offered just to take me out to coffee and explain it. I said, yeah, I need more than coffee. Um, <laughs> I've been gone for, my partner's been gone for 10 days. I need some more. I need something stronger than coffee. Um, so yeah, we had this great experience and she just walked through all the, the, the breathing, the clearing, the, you know, engaging the energy from, you know, out of your root chakra and the, you know, the cool thing and was the, the spirituality of the gift of, um, sending that sexual energy up through your chakras to be a gift to, to the creator, to God. And like, wow, that is beautiful. It does. It does. <laughs> speak to me. It speaks to me. Um, but it speaks way, way truer than, um, abstinence and, you know, all of the, the shame around it. I mean, it was a beautiful expression of sexuality. And so, yeah, we, we, you know, um, you know, there was no, there was no penetration, but I, that was definitely open. I just didn't, hadn't cleared that with Anne and I didn't really, it, it just wasn't right. You know, it just didn't yeah. feel right. So we just like mutual touch and rubbing and massaging and eye gazing and lots of lotion. And it was just heaven. I mean, it was literally a heavenly experience and one I walked away from feeling super empowered and, um, and you know, with the opposite of shame, you know, it's just sheer joy and I couldn't wait to come home and share it and, and, and to feel that I had a partner that was rooting me on was God, that is the elixir. Yeah, and I think it's it speaks volumes too that it seems like neither of you I mean like okay, you've you've technically checked all the boxes, right? You've done a soft swap, you've done a full swap, you've gone to a resort, you've but you you've self identified as like you really haven't had any experiences. That's what you've told us a few times leading up to this and but it it sounds like you've done enough that you know there's not really jealousy brewing underneath and you both just genuinely want what's best for the other person. Yeah. I think that I'm sure sure that in the right, you know, because we, though we have checked all the boxes, I feel like we still haven't really found what we're looking for. And I think as we start getting closer to whatever that is, I, you know, I'm fully prepared to deal with jealousy if it comes up, because I think, I think it's been pretty clear to both of us that neither of us have found really what we're looking for yet, aside from one another, which is precious. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably when the jealousy stuff starts to come in is when you really are like... When the fireworks hit. Yeah. 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 When, yeah that, you, that makes sense. Yeah. I can say that in our experience, experience that has been tougher. Like when, when we have found a couple of those instances where there's more fireworks than others, there's definitely yeah. more to work through than when there's not. Yeah. Right. Like I, we're going to desire in the spring and, you know, you go through all the scenarios of he, Brian gets just so excited about pretty much everything. I can <laughs> see him, you know, I can prepare like for the reaction in me when he's just so excited to go chase some woman down the beach or whatever that looks like. You know? Squirrel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I don't, I'm actually not sure it's actually going to be too much of an issue. But. Yeah, and on, on Brian's side, so it sounds like Anne's looking for some deeper connections and sounds like you're still kind of figuring yourself out as well, Brian. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I just love women in general. I mean, I, and I, I think it's easy for me to find beauty in pretty much and men too. I mean, I think humans are beautiful and they're fascinating. And I think it's just, I, I have, I haven't experienced, um, in this swinger, you know, world or this journey of opening our sexuality up any fireworks either. Um, you know, that are, you know, kind of move me. Um, 
outside of just loving touch and, you know, exchanging that. And, um, you know, that feels great, but yeah, no, I haven't found that like, Oh wow. That was, that made, you know, the hairs on my neck stand up. It was so amazing. So, but maybe, I mean, maybe you guys can share with us. Like we, we have that so profoundly with each other Yeah. that, that maybe it's just supposed to be fun and not with other people. Maybe you're not supposed to, I mean, what do you guys think about that? Just I think it can be both. Honestly, I think a a lot of it is just like, just fun, just having fun Mm -hmm. in the moment and finding good people. But there's also, there also have been some of our experiences where we've had one or both of us have had a deeper connection with someone that we weren't expecting necessarily. And that, that is pretty amazing in itself and different to navigate. But I think that at least in our experience, that's more rare than just the having fun, which that's still fun. It's just a little different. I don't know. Would you, Finn, would you agree? I think on top of that is the, the probability that one of you finds that, within a couple and the other person finds it within the same couple is very low, very low. Yeah. That's, very <laughs> right. So being prepared for how you want to navigate that. And, and if it's, you know, if it truly is the compersion thing, like, are you okay having a, a fun time with a part, you know, with part of the couple? So your partner, can have a mind-blowing experience. Is that something you're okay with? Or are you okay letting them go by themselves and whatever, whatever agreement you come to. So yeah, I think being open to that possibility because it's a, it's a strong possibility. Well, that's been our only experience too. More or less. More or less. Yeah. Yeah. It seems a challenge, but that's not to say it's not still fun. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not to say that other experiences haven't been fun. So, right. Um, right. but there, there's, yeah, there is a difference in our experience when, when you really have a chemistry or a connection with someone else, it's, it's different to navigate and it's, um, requires more communication, but it's also really exciting too. Yeah. Uh, uh. Well, and such an amazing thing to be able to actually work through with your, you know, with your primary person. Right. So yeah. that's, that's when it gets tricky. It's like, oh, I'm actually super hot for that guy right now. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. I'll take one for the this team. This is uncharted territory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have, have you two noticed a shift in your relationship, even just since you started having these conversations? 100%. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's beautiful and deep. So the depth, I mean, I think that's, I honestly don't even care if we ever have another experience. It's mainly the conversations digging deep into our own, what turns us on and what turns us off and how to navigate that. And, you know, I don't, I, I don't think it would be possible without having jumped into at least the idea Mm -hmm. of opening into non-monogamy and what what does that mean and what does it mean for us yeah and it's you know talking with some of my girlfriends it's you know one in particular was sharing how she you know she found out her partner had been watching porn and it was this big thing and she wanted to tell him to stop and it has given me a whole new framework on even just talking with my friends about stuff that used to be my life right well how about let's flip this script and what if he thought about it in this way and the fact that you know brian can come out of a coffee shop and tell me that the barista was hitting on him and i'm like oh my god go back in i want to watch you know to go from to go from this fear-based life to a life of celebrating the awesomeness of your partner is is an additional bonus yeah, it allows me to still see you as super sexy and attractive to the world and, you know, dangerous and viable. And that is just hot. Like I, you Maybe you not know, virile, but viable. Viable. <laughs> I'm not virile. No longer virile. <laughs> A-virile. We're not asexual. But we are A-virile. <laughs> but to your point, like seeing your partner 
uh, being attractive to other people is, and it's super powerful because it, it makes you feel like lucky too, that they picked you as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. One of the couples that we had a, you know, we've, we've talked lots and had a couple of dinners with like, he is just hot for Anne and it is the cutest thing (laughs) I have ever seen. I love it. I'm like, you're my guy. Like I, we are, we, we think differently on a lot of issues or something, but just for the very fact that he sees her a little bit like I do, I just feel like, you know what, I'm, you, whatever you need, I'm your, I, like, I got you. Cause you see my beloved as lovely as I do. And your desire for her is so beautiful. And you're right. It's, it's like finding a guy who likes your car and loves your car. You're like, yeah, you must be a good guy. You've got good taste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think, mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a pretty good parallel and yeah, but you don't let everyone drive your car. So yeah, there's lots of driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have have you it sounds like Anne on your side you've started to maybe have some conversations with friends. Have either of you come out and shared with them what you guys have experienced the last couple of years and the journey you're on? We have um we have a fairly vanilla friend group in town. And then we have a kind of a more regional burning man slash other fun event friend group, which is definitely where the most, the most of our significant deep connection is Mm -hmm. with our friends. And we, you know, we have been known to have the 20 person snuggle fest and the naked coconut oil body rubs which have been a hundred percent platonic everybody's been monogamous still hot still still hot but anybody from the outside world will look at this group and be like oh my god they are all they have orgies all the time it just must be the way it is which actually is not the case it's just a very loving group well in the last three months six months i think we're the third couple in that group that has started opening up Uh uh-huh so it's actually been really fun having people at the same stage in the journey, but doing it in different ways. Um, We have a couple friends that are more poly and we don't, who knows that may be what we are. We just don't really know yet. Um, And then we have another couple that's kind of not really sure what sort of poly open. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been fun. So they, they know that we're kind of in the experiment with them as well. But other than that. Yeah. And not with them. There's a, there's definitely yes. a within the friend group. A, What's the t-shirt? Yeah. Something like don't fuck your friends or something like that. Oh yeah. Like, there's a, there's, there's like a, uh, spoke, spoken, unspoken rule about not. D-F-Y-F. Yeah. Yeah. Don't fuck your friends. Don't fuck your friends. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then it's okay though, because it gives you those those sounding boards and the 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 confidant sort of couples that you can work with and talk with. Yeah, and it's just funny. Like one of my girlfriends sent me a note the other day, and she's like, "Vanilla friend." No, uh, the one of the gals in the couples that's opening up, and she is very much like me historically, like very sort of fearful of men and sexuality and all that, and she. The doors have come open on her their relationship, and she sent me the text. She's like, "I, I can't stop flirting. Like, I, I would love to chat with you because I can't stop, and I'm afraid that I'm actually gonna like send people the wrong message. But it's like I, the switch got turned on, and she, she can't stop. Everywhere she goes, she's just loving everybody, <laughs> just <laughs> not in a, not in a sexual way, but just. So it's fun just to be able to share, like, oh my god, this happened, and to be able to laugh about it and understand it. Yeah. That's cool. That's, I mean, that's awesome that you have that support network too. That's outside of your, I guess what you might have otherwise um, in your local area. Yeah. Well, I think what we've enjoyed most out of all of this is Brian is definitely the social ambassador of our coupleness. Uh-huh. 
but just the friendships we've made. I mean, the kicks with you guys and the random funny Cassidy email exchanges and just the, I mean, the, the breadth and the depth and the openness of people essentially just not taking themselves too seriously is so refreshing and right. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, for sure. I think that's something we can relate to. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> and yeah. you alluded to the fact too, that you have, you both have children. Has, have they said anything or noticed any change in, in you two at all throughout this journey? Hmm. I don't know if they've noticed any changes. They're definitely, hopefully not out. If we're out, we don't know it. Um, no, they would have said something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, I, mean, I don't know. I've always, I don't know how they see us. I think they think we're awesome because they all want to live here and all the time. And, all the time. <laughs> um, and you know, so I, I, nothing has been spoken, but I, I do get this sense that they see us living more vibrantly mm-hmm. than maybe other parents kind of just yeah and i think we do a lot of crazy stuff that um like burning man like yeah and like all these other festivals that we often go to and we have big giant party campouts in the backyard and there we're doing really fun festive stuff that i think for kids is really important especially when all of our kids are i say this but they're actually all very good kids and if anything not that I'm encouraging this, but they could use a little boundary pushing. <laughs> yeah. Like the confession of one of our kids was, I just got a C on my Spanish test. Like that was a big, like, yeah. And uh, then he's like, but it's okay. I still have an A in the class. I'm yeah, like, Oh my God, yeah, you guys. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's really living hard. <laughs> so I, what I appreciate most about where we're at is that we, I think what they're learning is is that you can have parents that do pretty wild stuff that maybe your friend's parents kind of roll their eyes or look aghast about. And, but then they see us still loving them and still loving each other and still running a household and going to work. And, and so I think it's, it's giving them a sense of balance that just because you're doing something that your friends or your friend's parents think is deviant. If you're having fun, if you're not hurting anyone, it's, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't necessarily have to die after you have a family and, uh, you know, you don't have to like, your soul doesn't have to die. You can still thrive and live and play and have fun. And And that was something I was curious about it. We've, we've talked to people who have, who have shared with us the, the struggle they have with, you know, after they have kids and, and their kids become their priority to the point where, it's really hard to shut off, you know, the mom brain or the dad brain and, mm-hmm. and refocus on themselves. And have, have either of you struggled with that or has it largely been fairly graceful? No, I, I definitely, I definitely struggle with that. Um, like in, in particular, and that's one of the things Brian and I have had to talk about and kind of establish, okay, so you are actually the social ambassador. Just keep me in the loop if something comes up or because I, I get so overwhelmed by the amount of communication when you're on Cassidy and all the things are happening and I'm, you know, trying to get to work or make dinner or deal with homework. And he interprets that as me not being interested. So then he gets worried that maybe he's pushing too hard. Mm Mm-hmm. And it def- we definitely did, and I think it might have been one of your podcasts even, where I was like, this is it. This is what's happening. Like, I, I think for, I think it's much more difficult for women to transition from mom world to sexy world or fun world even. Because um, dads are always sexy. Because dads are always sexy. <laughs> dad bod, right? You got dad bod, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. so- and there's my friend, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely harder for her to shift. And it's, uh, you know, a lot of times I need to take that into account and give her the space, like hire a house cleaner on a day that we, before we're going to go do something sexy and make sure that she has time to 
shift gears and try and give her the runway to, to do that, um, is super important. Um, I think, cause it's, it's definitely easier. I mean, I think for men, particularly myself to just, you know, flip a switch and be like, yes, like this is, let's go. And, um, but I think it is, it definitely takes a little bit of shifting and time and intention for her to move into that. Yeah, and it's just like the, the, the amount of fog that goes through my brain, like on a typical evening when Brian's like, Hey, did you see that Cassidy email? And I got a kid saying, Hey, we don't have any bagels for breakfast tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, my, you people, like all of you people are making me insane. I'm just going to go sit in the closet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's definitely, yeah. But it all depends on where I'm at and where we're at. And most of the time it's just fine. But there are definitely times the balance is, the struggle is real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty normal, though. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and it's been validating to hear that, actually. Yeah. (laughs) And it's something that we have struggled with, and we don't even have kids. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's uh, There's always a little bit of an imbalance, and finding ways to navigate that imbalance is is an ongoing puzzle. Finding balance in life overall. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We're looking forward to desire to where they're, you know, you're kind of on vacation. There's no ramp up. There's no mom brain. It's yep. we're just it'd be present. I'm yeah. sure that's one of the beauties of just getting out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because there, there's no distraction. Like well, lots, lots of, of distractions. distractions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll be chasing Brian down the beach as he chases somebody else I down know. the beach. <laughs> Wait, she's not a part of the resort. <laughs> <laughs> You've got. You got to make sure they have the armband on before you go chasing them down the beach. <laughs> Awesome. I'll get him a shot caller. Yeah, that'll be that'll be an amazing trip for both of you. I'm sure. Hopefully, you can just relax and take in everything that Desire has to offer. Yes, <laughs> yeah. for sure. And and maybe I think that might be a great place to leave it because it leaves us that cliffhanger, so we can have you back on. You say that oh, to everyone. Yeah. Well, I. <laughs> it's called filling filling the funnel the sales funnel i know i love it we would be honored yeah just have your agent check with ours yeah okay. yeah he's on vacation um At in the january moment. and february and also <laughs> right now in in march and for the foreseeable future but yeah no for sure and and we we want to say thank you for everything because i think even though you haven't had a ton of experience. You have had some experience and you had a lot of awesome insights. Yeah. You've had a lot of conversations too, that mm-hmm. are, I think helpful for people to hear. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, and thanks for all your work. It's been super helpful, particularly for Anne to just be able to devour podcast after podcast and process kind of her journey through that. It's been great. Really appreciate your effort and time. And I'm sure, you know, the financial rewards are just so overwhelming and that's what you do it for. Oh, but definitely. Yeah. If, if yeah. that's not the only reason I do just want to thank you for your time. No, and that's, that's how we were able to send our agent on paid vacation for yeah. the next year. Permanent. I yeah. totally Permanent get paid vacation. Yeah. yeah. Let me know if you're taking applications. <laughs> but that, truthfully, that really means a lot. And thank you for saying that. And that's, you know, we, we want to just put good out there and tell people stories and share that this is all just normal and it's okay to be questioning things or figuring things out and make mistakes and have fun along the way. And that's yeah. what we're really striving for. So thank you. You guys are doing an amazing you're job. killing it yep. we are so grateful yeah. awesome well thank you and thank you for adding one more awesome story and we can't wait to have you back on to hear how desire goes yeah <laughs> sequel. sequel. Brian and Ann part two yeah yeah <laughs> excellent well until then we will let you go do whatever it is you need to do this evening get some bagels and whatever else <laughs> check the Cassie emails check your Cassie <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> and, and let you have a wonderful evening. All right. Thank cheers, you. you guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. It's us again. 
I thought they were going to be surprised it was somebody else. <laughs> we should have someone end our show sometime just to see how many people listen this far. Yeah. If we knew anybody in this country, we could do that. <laughs> That's not true. We know a few people. <laughs> so, welcome back. Thank you to Anne and Brian for everything. Amazing couple. Mm-hmm. Ex- super excited to see where they take things and have them back on someday because that's how we do. Yes. What What are you going to say? I was going to first say, if you're curious about sometimes what our guests look like, we I have been putting photos for those guests that choose to send us a photo on our website for each episode. So go check those out. While you're there, there's some links that you should check out. One of them. Uh-huh. Not, actually, you know what? Neither of these are paid affiliates of the show of any sort. They're just things that we love and wanted to tell you about. The first one, Scott's Cheap Flights. I'm not even going to tell you more about it. It's pretty self-explanatory. It's awesome. Go look it up and save yourself literally hundreds of dollars and just just do it. The other one, My One Condoms. Custom fit condoms for all your penis sizes. You can, that could be their tagline. It should be if it's not. (laughs) You can save 10% on your order by using the code Emma. Emma. She sounds hot. And if you want to see her hotness in person, she'll be at Atlanta Poly Weekend, June 7th and 9th. 2019. With her husband, Finn. (laughs) Way to plug yourself, too. (laughs) So, next week, what do we got? We got... Ginger and the Prof. Of Life on the Swing Set Fame. This one... This one's a doozy. It is. It's we didn't. Amazing. We didn't actually have to do anything. We just said hello, and then they talked for an hour and a half, and then we said goodbye. Yeah, pretty much. So, but they are very insightful and have a lot of fun things to say. Fun things. Amazing things. I don't know. It's um, a great interview, but they have to wait till next week to hear it. All right. Well, we will see them in one week. Yeah. 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 Sounds good. Bye. Bye, everyone.